Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast on life's most effective healing tools, rest and recovery, through expert advice, wellness methods, and self-care. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. And before we jump into this next episode, I wanted to share with you the release of my first and of many courses, and this is a free one, and it's based on sleep. As you know, this whole podcast is rooted in my own historical challenges with sleep and decided to learn more about it. And I've put together the beginnings of a number of things that will be coming out this year and in the future. And this first one is free, and it's Your Best Sleep Blueprint. And it's a great framework to get you started to launch into reclaiming your sleep and reclaiming your health. Uh, This will be a great Kickstarter, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Please check out bestsleepblueprint.com. That's bestsleepblueprint.com. It's free, and I would encourage you to join in. It's just eight videos, and share it far and wide because there are a lot of people out there struggling with sleep, and I would love to be able to help serve them in some way. So thank you for listening, and enjoy this nest episode. So welcome to another episode of the Rest and Recovery podcast. With me is Mr. Neil Cannon. Uh, Neil's a best-selling author, speaker, coach, nutritional health professional, and another podcast host like myself. So welcome, Neil. Appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Scott. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to get linked up. And um, as I was kind of learning more and more about you, and I really like the name of your recent book, The Vitality Secret. And um, uh, that's a word that I like. It seems to to get some um, recent momentum. And I just think it encapsulates, I think what everyone's goal is from a health perspective is how we want to feel. Um, But how did you uh, kind of come up with the concept of, of the book and, and what was the kind of the origination story? Oh, there it is. Yeah, I just happened to have it here. Oh, it's in the UK. Right? Yeah. Um, yes. So, what's my origin story? Great question. As I'm sure you're familiar, most people, in fact, everyone I know, without exception, who works in holistic health comes with their own story of recovery or healing. Um, and that's kind of caused them to kind of change their path. And that's exactly yeah. what happened with me. I wasn't, I didn't used to be in health and I actually had eczema for the best part of 30 years. And I was always given these since being a toddler and I was always given these symptom masking treatments, which comprised steroid creams, antibiotics, if it got really bad, prescription moisturizers, the steroid creams have left pigmentation on my skin. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, wow. It's uh, too much, too many uh, steroids or too much steroid use does that and that's what's happened with me but you know other people have suffered way more than I have and it wasn't until my father suffered a stroke interestingly that I really started to look at what was the cause of my eczema because I I remember him being diagnosed a few years prior to his stroke with something called chronic inflammation Mm -hmm. and his sister told him this who's a naturopathic doctor and I don't know why I remember this so well but I know where we were standing in the family home and he just, we're making, he was making tea, I think. And he just said, I've got chronic inflammation, whatever that is. And then a few years later, he had this stroke. And I remember just thinking, I'm sure this was unnecessary. I'm, I'm sure his stroke was avoidable. I had this kind of inner knowing that he didn't have to suffer this stroke. And I went on a bit of a mission, a bit of a quest, a research quest to really find out what chronic inflammation was. And I've read some books. I saw it in documentaries and watching interviews with experts and doctors. And I, it just became very clear to me very quickly that chronic inflammation was the underlying cause of almost every illness. So the underlying cause of the hypertension he had that led to the stroke and also the asthma he'd had since 12, which is a fully reversible condition. And also the eczema I'd had since being a toddler. So I, Long story short, I changed my diet and lifestyle and very quickly my eczema went away. Um, I can't say it's quote unquote cured because cured suggests it will never come back. 
Right. Now, I just consider eczema as a symptom. So if it comes back, it means for some reason I've got some kind of toxicity on my, in my body or some emotions going on that I'm not dealing with. Some something's off, right? Exa- something's off, exactly. Something's off. <clears throat> so I just consider it like a warning light in the car saying, hey, Neil, mm-hmm. check in what, what's going on. Anyway, that's my backstory. <laughs> and um, I, I decided to focus my book on revealing really what chronic inflammation is that's what the vitality secret is really about is talking about what inflammation is how it's the underlying cause of almost every chronic illness some blood tests you can take very quickly to determine whether you have it or not and then how to go about it predominantly with nutrition and exercise and managing stress and other things like grounding Uh, but the the book that i'm launching in a few months goes much more into depth across the four pillars of vitality and um, that I appreciate you sharing your backstory. I, I was similar. Uh, it's kind of how I launched the podcast as well, was my own uh, personal story. Um, but uh, so it, it, you know, it's interesting when <clears throat> your dad's comment, uh, and I appreciate the, the proper British, you know, having making his tea. Got to got to plug that. Um, yeah, I didn't even. I wasn't on purpose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, proper tea. Um, yeah. But he said chronic inflammation, whatever that was, or whatever that is, you know what I mean? And, and it, it, you know, and it feels like the same thing that it's almost, it means something, but it means everything, but nothing at the same time. It's like, oh yeah, I've got chronic inflammation. Yeah. Okay. What does that, what does that mean? And then I think with, with, it seems like, and maybe you can keep me honest, our modern society of medicine has gotten so diagnostic driven that we end up identifying with that. And then we just, oh, I've got chronic inflammation and it's a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting what you're saying about chronic inflammation. I did a talk at UCLA a few years ago okay. and I asked the audience who had heard of chronic inflammation or inflammation and just about everyone put their hands up. And then I said, who can explain what it is? And almost no one put their hands up. So just like you're saying, um, People have heard about it. They don't really know what it is. And when it comes to modern medicine or modern medication, um, it's it's typically treating the symptom mm-hmm. and great at diagnostics and attaching a name to whatever symptom it is and providing a medication for it. When it comes to healing the body, that's not what modern doctors are typically trained in. Yeah, And uh, it's, it's often the case that Doctors who were conventionally trained often switch to a new form of training when they realize that the drugs aren't making people better. Um, obviously, this has the has its case, has its um, use. It's phenomenal. Absolutely, it's got emergency medicine. I call it. It's it gets us out of trouble, gets us out of pain. Brilliant for open heart surgeries, saves mm-hmm. lives. My own parents wouldn't be alive thanks to you know if it wasn't for modern medicine, Absolutely. Western medicine. So you've got to be um, grateful and appreciative for what it's good for. I have just found in 10 years of being in holistic health, when it comes to illness or chronic illness and dis-ease, there are much better forms of medicine than Western medicine. Absolutely. And there's many forms of medicine. There's many forms. A lot of people just think Western medicine is the way, but it's it's just one of many, many approaches. And I don't like to use the word alternative health either. There's yeah. There's... There's an alternative to health, which is taking <laughs> drugs, which is unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, um, but alternative health is just a misnomer, in my opinion. It's, it's what do they even mean by that? Because in my view, people who have reversed incurable illnesses according to Western medicine—that's what my podcast is about. Yeah. And also, my, myself, I coach people to reverse what they often think of as incur- incurable or genetic diseases. Um, they don't do that by taking drugs. They do it by getting to the cause of the illness and allowing the body to heal itself and exploring ways of medicine that enable the body to heal itself. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you're a firm believer that, you know, um, I think I heard the book recently, Body Keeps the Score, but, you know, our body has the ability to to heal itself when given the opportunity. To 100%. It's a phenomenally powerful healing machine. It's always healing. If you think about it, when you, when you cut an arm, I like to use this analogy, you cut, you cut yourself, you can virtually watch the skin heal. <laughs> like 
over a day or two, it's gone. You can virtually see that happen. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. That's indicative of what happens with every organ. Skin is an organ. We have other organs. Other organs can rebuild. And, and they will rebuild. And this is the science of epigenetics, provided we create the environment within the body, which is conducive to healing. And what that means, in my view, is pretty much stepping out of the way. You know, it's taking toxins out. It's, find, it's finding what the trauma is. There's normally, most chronic illness is normally rooted in trauma. And you mentioned the body keeps the score. That's precisely what that's about. If we um, experience events in our lives that jolt us, and everyone has, it could be as small as an argument with a sibling when you're five years old or a parent when you're 10, or, or yeah. it could be something more severe. And every time we have an experience like this, it jolts us, it, it takes us out of alignment. And ultimately, they can leave this energetic imprint. And we store these emotions like electromagnetic bundles of energy. One of my favorite phrases is the organs weep the tears, the eyes refuse to shed. That's wow. William Osler. Yeah, the father of modern medicine. Brilliant guy. So yeah, this is, this is the piece that I would say is one of the most important pieces to focus on, yet it's one that is often the last if people even go there at all. It's often that when people reverse illness and they, you know, they want to rebalance their bodies, it's normal to... Hello, everyone. I am really excited to introduce uh, my sponsor, BioOptimizers. If you're not familiar with them, they make some of the highest quality grade supplemental products out there. Um, being my, uh, honestly, my first sponsorship, um, I didn't want to put anything out there that I didn't try, use, uh, or get behind. And um, I'm really excited that that they've just released their new and improved formula for magnesium breakthrough, which is the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. And if you know anything about magnesium, it's a critical mineral for our health and is a precursor to quality rest to help produce melatonin. And so using this new fourth generation formula, magnesium breakthrough, uh, it's potent, it's effective, and it will help reduce your stress, improve sleep, and overall boost your energy levels. So uh, I've already taken this, as I mentioned before, and you'll want to try this. I mean, it's it's uh, I've given a number of them out for free to friends, uh, and they've really enjoyed it. So if you've never tried it before, now's the time to do it. Uh, you can use the code REST10 at checkout. Again, REST, R-E-S-T. T10 at checkout. In every bottle of magnesium, you'll get seven unique form, forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium, which is, can dramatically improve your health. As I mentioned, it can help you sleep longer and deeper, reduce your stress levels, and help you feel calm. And if you give give you abundant all-day energy to win at life. And as you know, that's ultimately in line with the vision of this podcast is to live this one life well to, through rest and recovery. And nothing uh, is going to help much more than magnesium breakthrough. So check it out. Again, rest 10, R-E-S-T 10. Start with diet and exercise. Right anything else you know the the, the the more tangible processes and techniques and absolutely that's key and finding out where other toxins might be internally and externally what's what's threatening the body chronic mm -hmm. stress of course most people can relate relate to that that weakens the immune system more than almost anything else uh, but ultimately we want to be finding out what the what the was there a trauma that triggered it and often when I'm working with people, I say, when did this start? When did your asthma start? Or when did you start experiencing allergies? Or when did you start? When was this autoimmune condition triggered? And a lot of the time people can relate that to an event or, or, or a series of events in that year or very yeah. near to that. And it's, it's like it weakens the, it weakens the body. Um, so yes, it's, it's really going back to your statement the body keeps the score it does and i think the the way to go about holistic health and healing recovery is to find out 
where the body is out of balance what's caused that imbalance and then mm -hmm. kind of become a problem solver and I, I use the term reverse engineer okay we can we yeah. can reverse engineer why the body's fallen out of balance and it can actually be quite a fun process it doesn't have to be a chore it doesn't have to be this you know horrendous process it could actually be quite fun that's why i talk about a vitality journey and and then it can get that it's often ongoing you know it's not just what do once never not again yeah exactly it's like a new way of life so a lot of people so what are those what what would be an example of that sequence or those steps that process i mean in a synopsis i'm, I'm assuming you, you elaborate in, in in your book and in some yes other. yes so I talk about the four pillars of vitality being physical, mental, emotional, and energetic or spiritual, whatever word works for you. So the physical is where most people start and it's the most tangible and you can often get results very quickly. A lot of people can reverse symptoms purely by changing their diet. Um, so we, we do start with diet. We go anti-inflammatory, heal the gut, take out the toxins, put the fuel in. A lot of people are malnourished mm -hmm. in cell fuel. They don't think about their bodies as needing essential fuels. Very basically, we need oxygen. First and foremost, we need water, purest of water money can buy, nutrients, which means not fake food, nothing processed, nothing genetically modified, which messes with the nature codes. And we need to be able to detoxify our, our cells to enable our, our cells to be healthy. And yeah. then we need basic things like sleep and we need to be grounded. We need to get sunlight. But really kind of being simple, as simple as we can with this. I like to really kind of simplify everything because I think it's been overcomplicated. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where we'd normally start. But if a client comes to me, and they say, look, I've got, I've got dialed, I've got diet dialed in. I've anti-inflammatory this. I'm moving all the time. I've got great exercise regime. I'm doing yoga. I drink vegetable juices every day. I'm in the sun. <laughs> I'm cold plunging, whatever they're doing. Um, some people have that stuff dialed in and they just want focus with the, the mental piece or the emotional piece. And I'll come onto those pillars in a second or the energetic piece. So, but yes, to start off with, we do the diet, we clean up the diet, anti-inflammatory, get moving, internal toxins. Could there be any toxins in the body causing my body to be out of balance? Are there toxins external to me? Am I sleeping next to a Wi-Fi router? Or, or is there a cell phone tower just next to my head? Or am I living on a chemical plant? There's just finding yeah. out what toxins might be surrounding your, your home. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah, that... that and it's amazing that that was a bit my journey is realizing how um, unaware that, you know, it was just, I was just going about life and I just ate food because I was hungry. So I ate whatever was in proximity. I didn't think much about it other than, you know, likes and dislikes and very simplistic and not realizing, you know, an hour or two later, the way I felt was a direct correlation to the meal I had. Right. And, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting you speak to, you know, you hear awareness, that word awareness seems, or acknowledging at least the impact that something could be impacting you or recognizing that. Yeah. May, may I ask what the, your symptom was or what you're, what you're experiencing? So, uh, you know, for me, I realized gluten was, was a problem. Yeah. And I, what it was accidental, we did it for my daughter because of some of her health challenges and my wife had done some research and then, um, we went off in the household for everybody. And then, you know, I flip-flopped and ended up getting frustrated and was like, I want some pizza and I had pizza. And then I was like, I felt horrible. And it, it was these symptoms that for me, uh, suddenly gave me like this flashback to my, much of my life of having these random symptoms of feeling ill and bloated or irritable bowel, or um, even from eating the food, uh, a sense of um, not drunkenness, but like I'd had a, an alcoholic beverage or two from, from having gluten. And so that's kind yeah. of one of the big things that started me down a, a particular journey. Nice. Yeah. It's amazing how many people are gluten intolerant. Yeah, they'll take they'll take an allergy test, though, but it won't show up. But then they stop eating it and then miraculous things happen in the body. Right. Right. I was I was once told by 
a pretty amazing doctor that most illnesses can be reversed by or most challenges could be eradicated by eradicating gluten dairy and sugar like if yeah. people just did those three things or replaced them i like to think about replacing them right and quitting or you know otherwise because that's a giant sacrifice yeah yeah so that's normally where we start with mm -hmm. with my clients um particularly in america you know the gluten's been messed with it's been it's nothing like it's its original form yeah it's gone through a process called mutagenesis where you know the original form of wheat would be about a meter high the crop would be about a meter high now we have dwarf crops so farmers can yield more in less time because it's gone through mutagenesis and they've altered the protein yeah um, so that's great for the agricultural industry horrific for the gut <laughs> right yeah and it is so you you're from overseas you live in uh from england originally yes originally yep and live in Mexico. Yeah. So, so with your travels and whatnot, is that the same globally, or is that more of a, a U.S. based? Do you have any idea on the the the? the yeah, the good question. There's you've probably come across this yourself. Some people can have gluten in, say, Italy or France, and be totally fine, and they go to America and they get bloated or get other other kind of symptoms. And a lot of people I've spoken with can relate to this. There's something that's been done in america that just isn't cool <laughs> um with with the with the gluten yeah um, that's not to say we don't have problems in europe but i would say that it is cleaner typically in for example you know italy and france um i know in scandinavia they've banned gmos okay a brilliant documentary called gmo omg really looked into this and uh, it was amazing what they found. It was amazing, actually, what happened with the mice and rats when they were eating GMO corn or Roundup-ready wheat. You know, really? I don't think I want bodies. to know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have an what idea, but I don't... I don't... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a good recommendation, though. For, sure. I, I do... You know, once people are aware... Yeah. And we go, oh, crikey, this this food has been completely messed with. I always talk about sticking to the nature codes. The moment we veer away from nature, we're really gambling with our health. And, um, you know, it's one of the first rules really in health is just to stick to nature. Be, yeah. Stick to as close as you can to nature. So if we're if we're consuming food that's been genetically altered, we're not we're not honoring nature. And. What was happening with the, I can't remember if it was mice or rats, but in GMOMG, there was a Dr. Serolini in France. And he, the, the test that approved the, the corn, for example, went through three months of testing. And the, the mice or rats were fine within three months. Who could, who, who couldn't say anything is safe and effective in three months? Right. No one. Right. No one can say that. No one can make that claim, which is we're seeing this in the last few years. Right. Yeah. What's happening as a result of those things. No yeah. one can say anything is safe in three months. It's just you just cannot say that. So this Dr. Serolini, covered in goosebumps as I'm talking right now, Dr. Serolini in France said that isn't a fair test. So he did the same test, but continued it for 12 months, for 24 months. Between six months and a year, the mice and rats started to develop tumors. And within 24 months, they were riddled in tumors because these rats, or I can't remember, mice or rats, have been consuming a GMO form of corn. So wow. they were altering nature. And then that was reflected in the bodies of the rice, mice or rats. That is scary as can be. We, and we're consuming yeah, and pretty much anything and everything we, we have. Because corn is yeah. like... You think about not even just having it naturally, like an, any boxed item has corn. Oh, I know. Or, or I know. soy, or and they're just hijacked. We need, yeah, we need to be um, very mindful. Just it doesn't have to be a scary subject. It's just right. like okay, start to read labels. Can I can I recognize the, this ingredient? You know, can I pronounce this ingredient? If you can't pronounce an ingredient, the chances are your body's not going to know how to deal with it. There's a hashtag that I like, which is if you can't, if you don't recognize an ingredient, your body won't either. 
Yeah. And you know, there's so many ingredients in breakfast cereals fed to children. And you, you just look at the labeling. I, I can't I can't even pronounce half these things. No. <laughs> what, what, is, what are these things? And that's not just breath, breakfast cereals. That goes beyond. And there's we just want to get as clean as we can. And, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't have to be a huge stress. It just have we just have to be mindful and be more kind of think right. What's natural? What's natural? Yeah. What's natural? What's natural? What's natural? So, then, do you have a recommended like methodology or approach? It's, and I think I know the answer based on kind of what you're saying is you know, pace yourself and progress over time, you know, yeah. when it comes to swapping that stuff out, because we are so inundated, you start looking through and it can turn, like you said, don't get, make it a big, like <clears throat> horror film, but yeah, we need to kind of get off that stuff. Is there a methodology or approach that you suggest? Yeah, I, I do. Well, when I work individually with clients, um, cause I have a group program as well. When I work individually, I, I always ask if they'd rather stagger it or uh, go all in. And it's really about the mind of the person. And someone's right. ready to just, if they've got a really serious autoimmune, it's, it's often better to just go, right, let's just do this. Let's just go for it. Let's go hell for leather, all get the in. mind ready. And then just, um, yeah, just go all in. But if, if one wants to stagger it, then I would start with, you know, taking one food type out and one, or replacing one food type one week. And then, and then next week, replacing another food type and then do that, you know. But from day one, really start to become mindful of what one is eating. You know, become, just take a food diary, see what you've eaten every day. And then we could review that a week later. Or, you know, yeah. there's ways of doing it, not to make it a huge stress in one's life. Because the last thing anyone needs is for this to be stressful. Right. Um, because stress itself is, is immunocompromising. And there's, there's the argument to say that if you if you're super zen, you can eat whatever the hell you like. <laughs> but very few people are zen these days, and um, it's we just have to be you know respectful of the current life most people are leading. And the easiest way to do reverse illness is to start with the diet, and then get onto the mental piece, get onto the emotional piece, calm the body, calm the nervous system. And um, do whatever we can to rebuild the gut from a you know mental and emotional standpoint as well. Yeah, we, we focus quite a bit on diet, but for example, some people could have all these food, food types for most of their life, and they get to thirty-five or forty, whatever age, and suddenly they can't have it anymore. So what's happened? Why were they able to have bread and milk every day, and then suddenly they they can't take it anymore? Yeah, yeah, and that's where the emotional piece normally comes in. So of the three, of the four pillars, we, we just talked about diet, which is part of the physical. There's mental, emotional, energetic. The, the mental piece is huge. It's, you know, the psychology of committing to one's health and vitality, first, you know, first and foremost, and why we want it and getting clear on your why, getting clear on a vision, mm -hmm. uh, getting inspired by something rather than motivated by something, because I find inspiration is way more fun <laughs> And it's like, it's like a pull force because motivation, we tend to kind of have to push ourselves and kick ourselves into action. Yeah. Inspiration is about getting pulled forward by this vision that is so compelling, so exciting that we just want to jump out of bed in the morning and just do it. Um, and the other, another piece about the mental bit is getting clear on our thoughts and our beliefs and really becoming conscious of them. Yeah. Because you actually alluded to this earlier, right at the beginning, you said we can become attached to identities yes. and become attached to the labels that are often associated or assigned to us. If I work with someone who has, I don't know, um, pick, pick an illness, any illness, eczema, because that's my thing for, that was my major thing for 30 years. I say to people, stop using that word, you know, stop becoming um used to to making a claim like it's yours don't stop saying it's my eczema because it's not it's it's, an, it's a symptom you're experiencing so the mind-body connection is so powerful we know about the placebo effect mm -hmm. most people are familiar with that you take an inert substance every day you take it once or twice you know whatever the frequency is and through the sheer power of belief you can tell your body to to secrete this perfect concoction of chemicals to heal the body 
you're yeah. taking you're just not you're, you're taking a nothing pill and <laughs> your body is getting rid of something isn't that amazing I mean, it, that's yeah and it goes so back incredible. to your your earlier comment on you know the body can truly heal itself we just yeah. have to recognize that and, and come to that conclusion that it is there to do it totally i, I was on the plane yesterday because i flew from mexico to england yesterday and I, I just happened to be sat next to this woman who had reversed her Graves' disease, overactive thyroid. And she did this purely with the mind. She was saying every day really? she was talking to, yeah, because she had a very tuned in mother who said, your body can heal this. Just tell your, just tell your body to heal it. And she was doing that every single day. And, I, and she, I actually asked her about the verbiage that she was using. She, she did actually bring um, the word God into her um, mm -hmm. process. Yeah every day i think she said she read the the word of god yeah um, anyway it was really bringing the her spiritual beliefs into it yeah. really understanding the power of the body whatever your belief systems are around that i don't really like to get down the kind of religious route but what i would say is there is a creative force behind us behind our creation and that is such a magnificent force Whatever word we want to use, I, I tend to use source energy or the, the divine. Or if we can allow that to to do its work, the body the body is so amazing. I've been to a number of Joe Dispenza events. Are you familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza? I, I am. Yeah. 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 In fact, I came back from one in December, and people attend these events, and they don't change their diet. They're not exercising more. They're not taking root canals out of their mouth. That's a huge one, by the way. Mercury. Oh, yeah, um, rabbit hole. Yeah, that's another. That's a very good rabbit hole or deep <laughs> one, but it's uh, one to consider for sure. But my point was, people can attend these events and heal their body through thought alone, through the power of meditation, through immersing themselves in nothingness for a very long time, and changing the frequency in their bodies. People have attended these events and eradicated multiple forms of cancers in this in days or autoimmune disease disappearing, handicapped people are walking again, deaf people hearing again, blind people seeing again. This is happening. And these are the kinds of things that would be regarded as miracles. But I'm using air quotes for listeners. But, but it's when, when something is repeatable, it becomes a technology. And that's what it is. We have a technology within us that yeah. is designed brilliantly immaculately perfectly and yeah. provided we just follow a formula i believe that almost everything is reversible i believe the body can heal just about anything we just have to really acknowledge the sheer power of the human body step out of the way get rid of what's harming it and put the good stuff in put the fuel yeah. in yeah well, I, really, I, I like what you said there like our body really is the most technologically advanced system on the planet and i think you know the fact that medicine in general from abroad you know is, is you always hear practicing medicine because there's no perfection of it we're constantly learning things i mean yeah, you know recently new discoveries and i'm sure there'll be a whole bunch more on how the body actually works because and i think that's even in the health space some of the confusion that people some get frustrated with is you know, going back to the diet piece where there's a lot of diets presented. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it, it's a practicing because it's, it's somewhat fluid. It changes. It depends on the individuality of the person. And that, you know, you may mention also the, uh, the, the external factors that influence you. Yeah. So it's fascinating. Yeah. A diet can be a bit of a, a minefield because every form of diet works some of the time <laughs> you know it's um and every form of treatment works some of the time so it is body dependent right. and there's if you want to be vegan fine be vegan just be be conscious about it if you want to be a vegetarian be a vegetarian and be conscious about it meaning clean it up you know just be mindful about what might be triggering inflammation some people will be vegetarian and be loading up on grains, not realizing that a lot of the grains they're eating could be causing inflammation in the gut. Mm -hmm. So they think they're being healthy because they're not eating meat, but then they're eating a lot of grains that could potentially cause leaky gut. Yeah. Um, a lot of vegans, the same, might eat too many grains. 
So across the board, I have found whether you're vegan or vegetarian or meat or fish eater, grain-free works very well when it when it comes to diet. Um, most people are malnourished in micronutrients, so it, it normally serves to have many more vegetables, unless you have an autoimmune, it's best not to have nightshades. And some, your gut might prefer cooked vegetables rather than raw vegetables. And it's it's just finding out what works for your body, testing, having a microbiome test really helps. Um, there's a few companies that can determine what food types are good for you and which ones aren't very quickly by having a, a microbiome test. Yeah, And that's quite a new thing. Um, otherwise, blood tests are still pretty good or bioresonance. I, I do like bioresonance. Um, so yeah, I think diet can appear overwhelming, but first and foremost, whether you're a meat eater or not a meat eater or pescatarian or keto or paleo, whatever it is, just clean eating first and foremost, and then consider what's what, what the inflammatory culprits are. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't realize that it, it actually steps beyond uh, gluten for a lot of people. Some people just can benefit, not maybe forever, but if, if one is wanting to reverse an autoimmune or cancer or something, it's worth considering grain-free. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, at least for a season. And, you know, I've had some recent conversations with, with friends and family on that exact thing is, is, you know, you have to be mindful of the fact that it might be temporary and then you can reintroduce it. Yes. So then that way you get a real litmus of like, you've got a cleaned up gut, cleaned up system. And then what is this doing to me? And you're really going to see the flare up. Um, on, yeah. Or not, or maybe it's not, maybe it was just, the season you're in and, and because the gut was off um you know that food isn't so bad for you yeah and there's obviously the environment you're in if i'm in mexico and i'm kite surfing two hours a day and i'm in the sun and in the ocean i can eat pretty much whatever i want right and my body's going to be okay if i go to england and i and i have jet lag and i don't sleep for you know a number of days my body starts to get very sensitive. Yeah. And I've got to be much more mindful about what I eat. So that's a great point on the lifestyle, yeah. right? We go from vehicle yeah. to office building and things of that nature. So how do, how do you how do you integrate that into the modern life? Good question. That's where biohacking comes in. Right <laughs> now, I've got this white light behind me and I can't stand artificial light. Mm -hmm. and I'm using it because I'm, I'm not in my usual place, but I have to... I took my face for you. Um, what I was going to say was, you know, unnatural light is not good for us. If we're in an office eight hours a day, we need to be mindful about that. You might want to get blue blocker glasses, particularly later on in the afternoon when it's dark outside in England uh, in winter months. Um, we want to be getting sunlight, even if it means stepping out at lunch, even if it's gray outside, we need to expose ourselves to sunlight as much as we can. And even if it's just an hour at lunch and a couple of breaks, just get outside, get moving, get walking. Being in office cubicles, I don't think is a healthy way to live. So if we are, we need to find ways outside of that to make sure we get sunlight. This is where infrared saunas might be a great idea, for example, or... Um, any kind of biohacking equipment that gets you exposed to the the elements. Grounding is a great one. You know, I, I like to ground. It's a great hack for jet lag, by the way. Grounding, sleeping grounded, walking. Okay, it's good for jet lag. Under. Yep, it's it it's uh it helped me a lot the last time, and this time, for whatever reason, I didn't do my usual process yesterday. But now I'm about to get grounded and sleep grounded and, it, and it, it normally helps so i normally jump in the ocean i've been taking cold showers i do wim hof breathing and cold therapy normally i have a, an ice tub over in mexico uh, but i've been taking cold showers here because i know how anti-inflammatory that is and um great for blood flow um but yeah i'll often jump in the ocean and that's a great way to get grounded if i've i mean i do that anyway but with with jet lag the extra grounding is very, very important. Um, it's good for the body electric, which is a huge focus of my work. It's kind of like the backbone of my work, understanding that we're wired up like a house. 
So, um, yeah, biohacking is a big way, you know, bring, going back to your question about bringing, how do we do this in our modern world? We just, we need to be mindful about things that aren't in, uh, in our best interest or in alignment with nature. So if there's lots of artificial light, get out of it. Or if you're, yeah. if you're at home, fix the lighting. So it's decent and not going to be uh, harmful. If we're taking in artificial light into our eyes, it's 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 not good so um yeah. finding ways to kind of counteract that it, it's pretty amazing the importance of light yeah so you what is your morning practice morning practice is breath work meditation i do sometimes i do um a form of breath work which is beyond wim hof but i do actually run a a group wim hof um session okay. Monday to Friday there's about 20, 15 20 of us who do it every morning within a community we're in um and it's just a really great way of just getting grounded like mentally and emotionally um people didn't realize I'll say it another way it's very noticeable if you don't do the breath work when you get used to it because yeah. It's a very good way of getting grounded beyond the physical benefits and the physiological benefits of breath work. What it does for your, your emotions and for the mental state is amazing. It's like it's creating a foundation so you're solid for whatever the day throws at you. And, you know, we're resilience. resilience. So you think it's like exactly, a totally. Yeah, exactly. It's all about resilience. Yeah. And the, the more grounded we are mentally and emotionally, we're more prepared for whatever life presents for us um i was careful with my wording then you know sometimes it can appear like things are happening to us right but if we can yeah, spin that on its head and look for the blessing in everything like right now i'm dealing with something that's uh could be construed as a very very stressful thing and i'm just doing my best always to look at the benefits or the hidden blessings mm -hmm. you know in a, in a year or two i'll be able to look back and go Oh, now I understand why this happened. And some of it is about seeing the, the blessing in, in it when you're right in the middle of it. That's a great reminder on, on perspective. Yeah. Perspective you know, is huge. And just, yeah, I mean, you can be a victim. I think I heard uh, in a podcast once, Matthew McConaughey, the actor, um, he was talking about his Green Lights book, but he said, we're all victims, but we choose to be victimized. And so you can choose how you want to perceive the circumstance because it could always be worse, right? We're on, yeah. we're, we're above ground. So uh, uh, I'm fortunate and thankful for that much. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, 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 um, I've actually prepared a, a social media post. I haven't actually posted it yet, but I'm talking about three levels of consciousness is victim, victor, and then creator. Yeah. So most of us, operate from a victim standpoint because that's what society is programmed into us that's what's just it's ingrained in well, this is my belief it's been ingrained in us since the moment we're born and when it comes to health what 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 do most people do they 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 feel like they're victims to whatever has happened to their bodies for for them but it's it's almost like something happens to us yeah so and then it, and if we're victims to our bodies it renders us powerless instead of saying, okay, I, I'm, I've created this, you know, I, I'm responsible for my health. If my body shows me a symptom, what's more empowering, I'm a victim to this genetic disease, or I've created a symptom. So, something is out of balance. My body's showing me a warning light. So I need to go and attend to it. What's more empowering. I personally, believe, well, let me ask you what's more empowering what's that what what do you find more empowering i i'm a victim to my symptom or yeah i've created my symptom yeah 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 i've created it i mean yeah, yeah. yeah you know being the victim is like that um like you can't do anything about it and yeah you, it, the yeah. lack of autonomy on that Exactly. And then normally it's a case of, oh, I've, this thing's happened to me. I better go and see a doctor. I, mm -hmm. I guess the only option then is whatever is prescribed to me. And and if I'm a victim, I'm not going to go and do my own research. You know, there's there's a lot of disempowerment around being a victim. Yeah. 
It's like I'm you need permission to... to treat your own body and you have to yeah. ask somebody else to do it. And by the way, I'm not trying to um, minimize or dwarf the um, impact of a really severe diagnosis. You know, that we can't, True. we can't uh, shrink that into, you know, make it trivial. It, it can be a very, very big thing. Absolutely. Um, all I'm um, alluding to is if we can say, okay, even this very, very big thing, if that's happened, somewhere unless you're one of the one or two percent of the population that is born with a defective gene and that's definitely possible somewhere in our lives the likelihood is we've fallen out of alignment and there's a plethora of opportunity to see that as an opportunity and um, once we get past the initial shock of whatever the diagnosis is Deepak Chopra always says accept the diagnosis, not the prognosis. Mm. Because a prognosis is based on a form of training that goes back 112 years. We don't have to go into it now. But the, the a form of training doesn't understand about the cause of illness. So we want to find what the cause is. Because if yeah. we go, if we find out what the cause is, getting a diagnosis can be one of the greatest gifts ever. There's a book called Radical Remission where Dr. Kelly Turner interviewed hundreds of people who radically reversed very advanced stages of cancer without any medical intervention. Wow. And one of the questions is, what, what do you believe was the cause of the cancer? And almost every time it was emotional, some kind of trauma. And it was interesting reading um, Amazon reviews on this book because some people don't like that question. Yeah. And I believe some people don't like the question because it puts the responsibility on the person who received that diagnosis. And I get it because it's so shocking. Society's programmed us to be in a fearful state around various illnesses. And therefore, because we've had 30, 40, 50 years, however old we are, years worth of programming around, let's say, the cancer topic, it's there's so much fear there that the the response is so almost you know it's guaranteed to put people into a very fearful state right. however if we can just say okay there's the diagnosis there's a whole plethora of other forms of medicine out there i'm going to go on a journey now to figure out what the cause is figure out you know is there some kind of trauma is there a major toxin in my life what has caused my body to go out of balance it gives us way more power and and it's way beyond diet by the way we've we've heard you know you're reading the mainstream media about various celebrities juice dieting or going raw vegan and they still died yeah. or something or the new never, bug diet sorry new bug diet <laughs> yeah yeah and and there was you know they'll paint the picture like it doesn't work but we don't we'll never know the full story right people who I, who I know who reverse incurable things do every they address every pillar so back to the victim thing and the responsibility thing, um, definitely, you know, some diagnoses are way more um, severe than others. And I just I just I just want to say I wholeheartedly believe that the vast majority of illnesses are fully reversible. And in the book Radical Remission, many cancer survivors who did this holistically said cancer saved my life. Wow. Or I would, because they would never have had their awakening if it wasn't for the cancer. Yeah. One of my 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 uh my latest book that's going to be out in a few months. Um I've actually used this quote of I've asked the the question in fact, could illness be the gateway to consciousness? Mm. Because a lot of people who get some kind of major diagnosis will go down the healing route they'll go down the the, the vitality journey they'll, they'll go and reverse engineer what's happened to their bodies yeah and as they discover all of this incredible information they become more and more aware of what's available to us and we step into the world of the energy and the quantum and healing the body through thought alone and healing other people with energy with their hands and understanding what we could do with visualization and going back to scriptures that have been taken from us 2000 years ago <laughs> there's there's all of this information you'll discover gaia for example are you familiar with gaia but uh, loosely loosely yeah and there's, yeah. there's so much stuff there about the powers of the human body and our superhuman powers 
we'll never see that by watching the mainstream media and watching inane television. And what often people do is they they just kind of move away from that or they limit it. They limit, let's be fair, they limit it. And they, I, I hardly ever watch mainstream media, by the way. Yeah. And, and and I I have a, my own, I, I choose what I want to program myself with. And I like to look at stuff that's mind expanding and looking at, you know, there's a whole series on psychedelics and healing the body with, you know, psilocybin and ayahuasca and MDMA. And it's, there's so much stuff that's available to us that most people aren't aware of. Right. So getting an illness can actually become an, a really enlightening journey where people literally have an increase in consciousness and it gets to, it's, it's almost like a reward yeah when you go yeah that's an interesting point because i mean we even started the conversation on your own personal journey mine as well is i went down a, a, a new rabbit hole because of the challenges and you know you had to seek it out on your own yeah and and it can yeah it has it can be lonely i guess unless you have your support team so right. i think having a support team is really important um whether that's your intimate partner or close friends, someone support groups who are doing this holistically. They're the ones that can lift you up. And there's so, there's so much available to us now, yeah. you know, in terms of communities um, who are doing this a different way to the convention. So once I think once you kind of make the decision, things start to just unravel and, and I think sometimes Western medicine can be combined with holistic healing principles as well. Um, it doesn't doesn't have to be either or. Right. Although I would I would suggest that in time the Western treatments will just kind of disappear because you've discovered all this new stuff. Um, someone very close to me in my family has just been diagnosed with uh, with Graves' disease. So I, she said, "What do you know about that?" And this is an overactive thyroid and. I recommended her immediately. I'll, I'll say it now. A book called Doctor, it's called the Autoimmune Solution by Dr. Amy Myers. I also featured it in my book. Um, this woman was conventionally trained. Dr. Amy Myers was conventionally trained, and she got Graves. She irradiated her thyroid, destroyed it. Thanks to Western medicine, that's what they do. They destroy the organ yeah. and then put you on hormonal medication for the rest of your life. That is the approach for Western medicine. Yeah, take it out. And then they, yeah, they just they either take it out or they normally destroy it so they mm. irradiate it. And um, then she got retrained in functional medicine. I love this story because she retrained. Functional medicine is a form of medicine that helps you get to the cause. She then realized, oh my goodness, I didn't have to have my thyroid destroyed. All I had to do was heal my gut. So she still does that for herself even though she hasn't um got a thyroid anymore um but she's helped thousands and thousands of people recover from autoimmune conditions particularly thyroid challenges yeah. really all every autoimmune condition can be treated the same um so they don't have to go through this drastic procedure that western medicine does and that's so uh, you mentioned the word trauma at the beginning and how that impacts us like we don't think about it that comes to the awareness factor, but a, a surgery in of itself is a bit of a traumatic experience. Totally, totally. And that that form of medicine is very quick to do that. Absolutely. Really quick. My, my one of my cousin was recently diagnosed with a form of cancer, thanks to something that's been put into her body in the last couple of years. And um, they're calling them turbo cancers in the holistic space. And um, they, you know, removed one of the breasts very, very quickly. And I was really trying to pause. I was like, whoa, whoa, slow to slow down, slow down, slow down. But she was so fearful and, and understandably, because that's what's presented. Yeah. Um, I believe wholeheartedly there was another way to go around it. Um, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but it's um, th there's so much hope for people who have 
received some kind of diagnostic um, or diagnosis that most people aren't aware of. Mm. And, and it really, it does take courage in fairness to go on your own healing journey. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah. It's just, what, what would you rather, if I were to get the, the big C diagnosis, I, one question I'd ask is, okay, how long do I have to play around with this? Yeah. You know, how, how long do I have to explore this myself before I have to, you know, when does it get, when does it get really dangerous? Right. And then I'd go and invest a lot of time learning about what cancer is. I'd watch the nine part documentary series called the truth about cancer. I'd read radical remission. I'd read about all these people who reverse cancer without any medical intervention. What did they take? What did they do to enable them to do that? And, and it's ultimately tapping into your own innate intelligence as well. If, if the stuff resonates, you know, I would invite one uh, to pursue that route um providing they're not putting themselves at risk and maybe this person i was just talking about just considered that that was too risky for her so she that was her choice and that's yep. fine everyone's on their own journey um so yeah i just the point i'd like to say is i think that there are not i think i know that there are so many options behind or beyond the conventional way of doing things which yeah. although it requires courage at the beginning support network support team find someone who's good at it find someone who's tried and tested done it again and again can show your results and that kind of thing and um know that the body is a phenomenally powerful self-healing machine and there's normally some kind of trauma or some kind of toxin that's preventing it from healing well that's uh you know I think uh, we're kind of coming up on time. I think great words of wisdom, especially for anyone with any circumstance, uh, steps to go about that. Um, Neil, I really appreciate, you know, where you stand and what you're doing and uh, uh, grateful for your time. I like to, to close things out with a bit of a uh, hot seat, so to speak. Mm. So three questions, nothing too heavy, but uh, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? I am... Um... I am reading a, a a book on emotions, actually. Okay. And I just had a complete mind blank of its of its title. Letting um, power versus force. What was that now? Power versus force. Okay. Power versus David force. Hawkins. Okay. I'm actually rereading it. To be honest, it's phenomenal. Um. Are you familiar? I'm not. I'm not. It's all it's all around kinesiology, muscle testing the body for okay. answers. And by the way, some of the best healers and practitioners I know use applied kinesiology to find out what the cause is of illness and what the body needs to bring it back into balance. The body keeps the score. As you were saying at the beginning, what a great way to kind of round this up. Yeah. The body literally keeps the score. And if a good kinesiologist, again, there's good ones and not good ones. But if you find a good kinesiologist, who has a phenomenal track record, they can often find out where the body is out of balance and then what it needs to come back into balance again. And power versus force, it's not just about health, it's about all kinds of things. But um, it's a its a really great book. And um, it's almost like a journey into enlightenment in of itself. And the emotional part is, is interesting. He's got a, he's um, got a chart called the scale of consciousness where they, he's measured different frequencies of, of emotions and it starts, you know, right at the bottom, we've got guilt and shame and fear. Mm -hmm. And at the top, you have appreciation, gratitude, love, and then enlightenment, all of these frequencies of, of emotions. And um, it's very interesting knowing about frequency because we are the body electric. We, we know from a body electric standpoint, the characteristic of all illness is low voltage to an organ. We know from a more quantum perspective from the likes of Dr. Joe Dispenza, that illness is a result of the lowering of frequency. So if we can raise the frequency in our body, we're going to literally change our biochemistry and create healing. And that scale of consciousness is a really interesting chart just to have a look at, because we, we basically want to do what we can to live at this high frequency state and get rid of anything which is keeping us low frequency, which is typically trapped emotions or trauma. Wow. Interesting. Very cool. Thank you.
All right. Yeah, well, what are what are you listening to right now, music or podcast? Um, I'm I've just been sent a Dave Asprey podcast, interestingly, on a very powerful way to release trauma. Because I posted on, on social media two weeks ago um the posts I called it the organs weep, the tears, the eyes refuse to shed. And then it got a bunch of comments. And one of my friends recommended this podcast, which I'm about to listen to. Uh, Cause I've done a lot of trauma release myself over the years. And I think there's still more to go. <laughs> so um, I'm going to explore this one. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. I, I do uh, like to listen to his podcast every once in a while. So uh, last one, what is your go-to rest and recovery method? Meditation. Okay. Other than, um, you know, I can't beat exercise if I'm ever needing um, a reboot, but that's not really rest and recovery. So I would say uh, meditation. I can I can have a reboot in 30 minutes to an hour. I do love the Joe Dispenza meditations. Right now, I was, I was struggling to sleep in the middle of the night, and I did a meditation to kind of quieten and, and you know, reset the nervous system and it worked a treat. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a good reminder. I've been struggling with some sleep late nights could be other things, but my whole lifestyle is like, seems like it's shifted an hour and it's not really conclusive. So, uh, and struggle falling asleep. So I may have to take a look at, look at some of those practices again. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's uh, if I knew meditation practices back in the day, I had really bad insomnia when I was, in my late 20s, I had it for about 16 months during a job I really didn't like. That was a symptom my body was telling me, you're in the wrong <laughs> job. Um, and yeah, if I knew about meditation then, I think, I'd have, I think I'd have suffered much less. Yeah. And heart and brain coherence. Are you familiar with heart and brain coherence? No, that's a new one to me. I've written about this in my latest book. It's um, Heart Math Institute has been studying the heart-brain connection since the 90s, I think certainly for around 30 years. Um, and they've got the science of what happens in the body when we're in a coherent state uh, between the heart and the brain. We know the brain is a, is a, is a sorry, the heart in, in of itself is a brain, 40,000 sensory neurites in the heart. And if we create a coherent state between our hearts and our brains, we change our biochemistry, we improve the immune system. We actually secrete a whole different concoction of chemicals in the body when we're in a high frequency coherent state. Wow. So you can do a heart and brain coherent meditation, which takes five to seven minutes, if you like. And um, it's a really wonderful way to change the the state of mind, you know, take you away from fight or flight and into hmm. uh, relaxed, regenerate, repair, parasympathetic. Wow. That's pretty interesting. I, to me, it seems like even in our modern, especially in our modern society, that would be such a critical tool um, because we have so many things that are just these low drag i'll call them stress vampires that just kind of add up almost like a penny yeah. dollars right these little things that just after a while just mount up to significant stressors and put us in a bad bind yeah um and th then it goes back to what you were saying earlier about perspective because it's always our choice how we react to anything and I wasn't taught any of these tools, by the way, growing up. I just threw myself at various transformational programs and the likes of Tony Robbins and read a lot of psychology, particularly when I was going through a tough time uh, 10 years or so ago. And it's often crisis that puts us into a new way of doing things, isn't it? Yeah. And I was never taught these emotional intelligence tools. I didn't know that I was in control of my thoughts or my emotions. I was pretty much a victim to everything. So, um, when we when we know that our life enjoyment is really based around our perception of our world around us, mm -hmm. it changes everything. You can have two people in a in a traffic jam, or one person can be super. Two people can respond very differently to exactly the same external circumstance. One person could be super chilled in a traffic jam and call their boss, tell them they're going to be late for work, and relax and listen to music or a podcast, your podcast. Why well, is it a good podcast? Yeah. And just chill out and then nothing happens with the nervous system someone else is in exactly the same traffic jam also late for work start swearing weaving in and out of traffic causing road rage you can see the veins popping out of their foreheads and their necks right. you know what's happening in that body yeah not yep. good things so that's purely a reaction 
I'm using just a very simple extreme example of how two people can respond to the same external circumstance. One of my favorite definitions of stress is it's an internal response to external strains. It's your body's internal response to external strains. So what, what makes people reactive and people less reactive? That's when you start peeling back the layers of the onion and you find the unresolved trauma mm. is what's causing people to be overreactive. PTSD, we know that PTSD leads to um, being overreactive. Yeah. So what can we do to get the, the PTSD sorted? Peel back the layers of the onion and do somatic emotional release. There's many ways of doing it, but there's, yeah. We're going down another rabbit yeah, hole. That's a whole nother podcast um, episode. Whole, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, well, uh, yeah. I appreciate that that last little bit though. Um, and uh, how, so, how can folks find you? Um, and what's the title of your new book? I, I don't remember catching that. Yeah, the new the new book will be called The Vitality Code, okay. and that'll be out hopefully in March. And they can find me to find details of that as well at vitalitysecret.com. And if you go to vitalitysecret.com forward slash book, you can get, you can download this current one in ebook form, or it's also on Amazon. Um, but if you download that, then you'll get notification of the next book as well, which examines the four pillars of vitality. I'm also, you can also find me on Instagram at Neil Cannon Vitality, uh, YouTube, Neil Cannon 80. And on Facebook as well, but probably Instagram's best best right now. Okay, great. All those links are available on my website. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate your time, insights, and expertise. And uh, take care. Thank you so much, Scott. It's been an honor being on your show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Please share this information far and wide. Rate, review, would appreciate all of the support. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can also check out episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or you can check out the website at www.berestedbewell.com. Thanks and have a great day.